You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to conference coverage highlights from HIMSS 10, the Healthcare Information and Management Systems Society's annual conference. This program features interviews with attendees and exhibitors at the 2010 conference, the largest gathering in the information technology field in the U.S., which took place March 1st through March 4th, 2010, in Atlanta. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Bernholtz. This year's gathering brought together more than 28,000 healthcare industry experts to learn the latest solutions for improving healthcare through information technology. There were more than 900 exhibitors from Fortune 500 companies to startups, showcasing their latest healthcare innovations and new product launches. Steve Lieber is the president and CEO of HIMSS. There are a multitude of products. There are multiple companies in every sector, so it's not like there's only one or two vendors to go and look at. And there are differences among them all in terms of the features and functionalities that they have, the degree of interoperability that they have with other vendors. One of the things that we have on the floor is our interoperability showcase, where we actually are demonstrating how competitors' products do relate to one another and do have interoperability. So it's a a great opportunity for people not to just simply trust the word of the vendor that my product is interoperable with another vendor's, but actually go and see it. So that's what you're seeing on the floor is a lot of activity. And it's not just hype because the physicians and other healthcare professionals that are here are going to be buying technology. They do see the opportunities to improve their practice as well as take advantage of this opportunity to upgrade their practices with this federal funding. Lieber says the scramble to adopt technology is motivated by a unique change in federal priorities. Right now, the compelling case is the federal government's decision, first time ever, to invest in information technology. Congress approved the bill last winter. The president signed it last February. Sets into motion a huge multi-billion dollar investment by the federal government in hospitals, physician practices, and clinics to acquire, implement, and use technology. And as I said at the beginning there, first time ever, because historically the federal government as well as insurance companies, never provided incentives or financial payments for the handling of data. They pay for procedures, they pay for diagnostics, but nobody ever paid for collecting and handling the patient information. You always had to cover those costs from something else. Now we've got the new incentive funding coming through the Medicare and Medicaid programs, huge motivation now for physicians, clinics, and hospitals to look at their current state of affairs, recognize what's required of them, and get moving down a path of IT adoption and use so they qualify for those payments. Kaiser Permanente recently completed deployment of the largest civilian health record system in America, connecting 8.6 million people with their physicians, nurses, pharmacists, and labs. Dr. John Madison is the Chief Medical Information Officer for Kaiser Permanente's Southern California region. He says there is no doubt implementation can be disruptive, but the benefits are incalculable. With our most recent deployment of HealthConnect across the whole system, that was actually the seventh deployment of a health record that I personally participated in. As an institution, we have implemented many 
electronic health records over the years in multiple regions of Kaiser Permanente. So there's a great deal of understanding and appreciation. What had been lacking prior to our Health Connect project was a vendor that could scale to our size so that we could roll it out and have high performance, rapid screen flips so that we could see millions of patients and pull up their charts very quickly and operate on those charts quickly. So it was the scalability. The biggest challenge for us was around technical scalability. But the universal problem of having people adapt to a system and transform their workflows is fairly inescapable. And so what we did with the experience that we already had was advise everyone that there was going to be a period of adjustment, that it was going to be fairly disruptive. This is a disruptive technology. And that some people would be quite satisfied and feeling that they were more effective and efficient in patient care a couple of weeks after the initial deployment. Some people would take a couple of months and some people would take a couple of years. And what we found is there were very few people, but there were clearly some who went from paper to full electronic and in a matter of weeks felt that they were practicing better medicine than they had before the system was implemented. Most physicians at one year out from deployment, and we did serve formal surveys, most physicians said they would never consider going back to paper because the quality of care was so much better. And then there was a group of folks who continued to struggle for a, a long period of time, and we developed several processes to circle back with them go back over the basics, really focus on the basics, really work with them and their workflow in concert with their nurses and their medical assistants because, again, workflow is so key. An electronic health record is not about a doctor taking care of patients. It's about a healthcare team taking care of a population of patients. And the rough spot is around the individual workflows and the team workflows and the handoffs that occur uh, during an encounter, whether it's inpatient or outpatient. So we did know what lie ahead of us when we started. We were very clear that there was going to be a period of adjustment that would cause a great deal of frustration. We were not surprised when it did happen. But no matter how many times you mention to folks that it is going to be difficult and they will take that hill and end up at a good position, the varying time course of how long it takes different people to adapt does make it difficult to really create a simple support model. So what one of the things that we determined was that we needed to have a flexible support model that addressed early adopters, the average adopter, late adopters, and throughout the whole adoption cycle, support people in their specific needs. All this real-time data on millions of healthcare transactions and interactions in the Kaiser system have supplied a rich mine of data that is improving decision-making, according to Madison. The very first business case I wrote for an electronic health record was almost 20 years ago. And the core of that business case was not about eliminating paper or reducing uh, duplicate orders for lab tests and so forth. The principal business case that I proposed then and that I believe still stands on its own is the ability to rapidly improve the quality of care delivered. And that involves measuring what we do analyzing what we measure, and then implementing findings and decision support. And so in the paper world, in healthcare, it typically has taken years to decades to discover and implement a new approach to treatment, a new approach to care delivery. 
And the promise and the business case that I wrote many years ago focused on the fact that we can convert those years and decades in the cycle time for discovery and implementation to days and weeks, and we've already seen that. And so we really are experiencing today, through the use of our data mining, discovery, and analysis, the ability to introduce new rules through decision support that help identify which patients would benefit by which treatment at which moment in time and deliver that right at the point of care, which is how you get around the historically long cycle time around implementation. So the biggest gap we're closing is between when we discover something and when we're able to implement it through the virtue of having truly real-time bedside decision support that's personalized to that individual patient. So one of the ways I like to think about this is that a lot of folks have been wringing their hands for decades around alert fatigue. There have been papers written saying, oh, if you get more than 100 or 200 rules into the field, that people will get alert fatigue and blow them off. And that's absolutely true if those rules are not immediately relevant to that patient at that moment and that point in the workflow. And the key is what I call the specificity of the match. And that is the rule has to be highly specific. The information you have about the patient has to be highly specific. And both the way that the rules are written and the way that the data is captured and represented on the computer needs to be specific enough where you can have a rule that fires every time it's relevant and only when it's relevant. And in that circumstance, when you do create a high specificity of the match between the rule and the clinical information and that you have in front of you and the patient you have in front of you, there is increasing evidence that there will be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of rules that will be relevant. And when they fire only when relevant, there will not be alert fatigue because physicians have always welcomed useful information. The problem with alert fatigue is if it's generic and not relevant to the situation at hand. We are already finding tremendous improvement in our ability to both identify new best practices, both clinical and workflow, and to implement them very quickly through the use of decision support systems. We are not where we, we want to be. There's a new generation of decision support engines that's emerging now that is standards-based, that uses SNOMED as the terminology tool and uses the clinical document architecture to provide context. And those are a bit on the technical side, but fundamentally what they do is they allow the clinical context of an individual patient to be so machine-readable that the computer can figure out quickly when a particular rule is relevant to a particular situation. And it doesn't take a clinician having to read 20 rules to find one that actually applies. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to conference coverage highlights from HIMSS 10 on ReachMD XM160. One perspective on how patients can take control of their own health care is offered by Steve Alward, General Manager for Health and Life Sciences at Microsoft. We just announced here at the HIMSS conference, your audience could probably hear the, the din in the background. We're here with about 30,000 people here in Atlanta. We announced a solution called Health Vault Community Connect, which enables information to be downloaded directly from inpatient systems into a Health Vault account. So this is our solution, our platform for a personalized health record. Once that data is in that personalized health record, think certainly of test results, 
of order information, of anything that really comes down to the patient level that would need to be shared with other caregivers, that can all be brought into an account which I then as the consumer can manage that. What we're seeing is the opportunity for us in healthcare is not simply to automate healthcare. This isn't about technology. It's how data gets put in the hands of patients so that they can be empowered to improve their own health. Clearly, we need the physician community to be able to help that derive us and direct it. But at the end of the day, the only person that's responsible for my health is me, and I need to get my information to other people that can help me improve my health, whether I have a chronic disease like diabetes as an example, or I'm simply trying to improve my health and lose weight. So that's one of the, the introductions that we had here was with the Health Vault Community Connect component. Another thing that we're doing, again, around our Health Vault platform from a consumer standpoint is, uh, made me think about it when we talked about chronic diseases a second ago, is that many devices, medical home devices, have the capability to automatically upload the information from a glucometer, a blood pressure cuff, a pulse oximeter, those types of devices that patients are using to manage their health at home. And rather than having to transcribe that and manually enter it into a system, that data can go electronically into their own account and then share that again with physicians or others that may need to see that over time. I know the perfect example is oftentimes I go into, into my physician's office, I get my blood pressure done. My blood pressure is always higher when I'm in the doctor's office than when I'm at home. But if I have the opportunity to manage that with my own cuff at home and show results over time, we'll get more meaningful and realistic results. And again, I can share that with my physician and say, you know, just yesterday my blood pressure was 120 over 70, but it's today it's, you know, 140 over 90. And I guess I'm stressed out about going to the doctor. I don't know. But that type of information is just invaluable for the patient to have at their own disposal. And the patient, says Dr. Michael Miro, the chair of the Health Informatics Committee for the American College of Cardiology, is going to help push reluctant doctors into adoption. Most patients that are technologically literate go into a physician's office and are just aghast at the lack of technology with regards to medical knowledge and record management. The movement really is a more patient-centric system. The goal is to have a very significant degree of patient integration and engagement so that patients will have their medical records electronically stored on their own personal health record and there'll be a a bi-directional exchange of information between the patient and the doctor. The patients are going to demand more engagement with their records and want to have electronic access. And if you could imagine, the future will be the patient's going to be populated in an electronic record with Twitter and Facebook, and they'll want exchange of information from their doctor. So I think most physicians should get on board fairly quickly because the patients are moving faster than we think. You have been listening to conference coverage highlights from HIMSS 10 on ReachMD XM160. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening.